You guys ready? I'm ready. Ben, you rolling? Yep. Let's do it. Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we got Kaylee's Fisher. Hello. Thanks for being here. Jared Reyes. What's cracking? We got Chuck. Asada. Oh, okay. Asada. That's different. I feel like I had to be different because Jake's not here. So I was like, I'm going to do something different. We don't want him here. (laughs) I feel I feel so much less stressed out now that Jake's not here. <laughs> My life's better. I don't even breathe. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe we should unpack that for a little bit. Jake stresses me out when he talks, but I love him. And I love talking with him. I don't get those two things together. Well, it's just like sin if we think about it. <laughs> if we want to get hold deep. on, hold on. Let's hear this. I need to hear this. Well, because he was like he stresses me out, but I love talking to him. Oh. It's just like sin. It's okay. like we might love the feeling of it, but it gives us anxiety every time we do it. Maybe <laughs> end the podcast right there. That yeah. was, that's <laughs> it's because it's just how he interjects with stuff. He'll be somebody like, you know what? I want to talk about this. Well, that's not really important, but let's do this. And he like he just shifts the conversation into a different way, and then he like connects it on the back end. And I'm like, where are we going with this? That's what. That's what. But in the best do, way bro. possible. They take you on a story on a journey, mm-hmm. and then you're like wrapped up in it and then boom here it comes and you're like what the heck hits no. you out of nowhere yeah, yeah exactly but i will say not that i want to give t- jake too much credit jake whenever he's like <laughs> as far as like a speaking like giving a message i love hearing jake speak, like give a message he does a really good job I'm and he, there's one huh? <laughs> yeah, he's like probably the only one like yes. the other two pastors yeah this room. i don't really care for it half the time when i speak i just babble and see how long i could go for i just yes. read the bible and say hey this is cool all right let's pray <laughs> i i know chuck i listen to enough of your messages where i kind of know how you preach i love i love a lot of things about the way you speak though it's but good. there's a lot that i don't <laughs> no, no no i thoroughly enjoy when you speak and that's Thanks, being honest buddy. not just as a friend but as somebody that's your brother in christ mm, that's good mm-hmm. come on now Nice. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about lazy Christians, that idea of lazy Christians. And I think this is something that uh, got brought to my mind because I noticed for myself that during COVID, during the pandemic, I got a lot lazier with my faith mm-hmm. and more specifically the the doing of the faith, like the reaching out to people the good works, those things. And of course, none of that's getting you to heaven. I'm not going down that path at all. <laughs> I don't want people to hear the, the word good works. And it's like, what? Like, that doesn't get us heaven. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that faith without works is dead. And I think that part of me um, kind of got lazy during this yeah. time. And I think even we were talking about it a little bit earlier, yeah. check the different perspectives, though, of how sometimes you could be in a game. And it's and it's it's in anything, though, within faith, within church, within work, um, relationships even, too. It's like the longer you're in it, the more you're just – you kind of sit back and coast a little bit. You're like, yeah. oh, this is just how – this is good. This is how it goes. And mm-hmm. I think COVID really brought that out of me personally. And I know I've seen a few people in my life. It's that kind of that same vibe kind of got brought out of them too. Vibe. Um, That vibe, bro. It's a vibe. uh, What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you guys hear that term, like lazy Christians? Right now I think of me. Really? And me and Chuck were talking about this earlier today because we were talking about like during the whole pandemic, 
like I, I've never been a fan of watching church uh-huh. on the internet. So like even when people are like, oh, if you can't go to church, just watch on TV. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Just <laughs> I'm just being realistic. I'm not uh-huh. going to make it because I thoroughly just don't enjoy it. It's not good. Um, but yeah, there are times where, especially because I think I work weekends as well. I have no motivation to watch church, um, mainly because it, it'll pop up on Sunday. And usually when it does, it's at a later time, like 10, 9.30. I get off work at 7 a.m. and I'm like, I'm going to bed. I'm just tired. I'm yeah, thoroughly you work, exhausted. You work all night. Yeah. And I'm just thoroughly exhausted. And then by that time, I'm like, I, I go to work again that night. So on my Monday, on my weekend, I usually don't go, oh, well, let's uh, let's flip on church and, and watch church. I would prefer like i like listening to sermons via podcast Mm -hmm. but i just don't really enjoy like like i don't like watching podcasts even i just don't like watching the videos so it's a little bit different so i have because i think we talked about last week i have been listening to more sermons i've been listening to a couple um over the course of my week so that's been good i feel like i've been doing that and then i've been trying to read a little bit more i've been making a better effort with that but yeah i haven't i've been very very bad about making an attempt to watch church because I just think it's not cool. I don't like it. Do you think it's important to do that, though? Truthfully? Yes. No. Explain. The only reason I, in my hard hearts, just being like 100%, um, 100%, I guess, like vulnerable and like being willing to talk about it is I think it's important to watch Ab Church because I want this, I truly believe in this church. I want it to continue to grow and I want to share it with other people. But, um, what is church? I when I think of church, I think I'm going. I'm not going there, you know, to be fed because, you know, you are not responsible for feeding me. Pastor Jim is not responsible for feeding me. I need to make sure I'm reading the word, and I'm doing that. I think church is community, and with all this going on right now, it's like, what community is it? Like, I don't, I can't get together with somebody else and watch church on a Sunday. And I guess maybe I could be like text somebody else, but hey, you watching it too? But it's that's where the disconnect is, and I get it. It's not like. I don't think anybody, any organization or any church has figured out how to be fully immersed and have an online community. But I don't know. That's just kind of like the disconnect I think COVID has kind of brought. Well, I think I think there is churches that are out there that are doing online church, like mm-hmm. the like to the best of its abilities that we know of today, just because once this whole thing hit the fan, it's like nobody knew what they were doing. Right. Um, Correct. And I think it just is built for certain people. So like, for instance, like you right now saying, it's like, like, I just don't like online church. And like, that's true for a lot of people. Like, to be honest, it's like I didn't care for online church, but I did it because I'm on staff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did it because it was, that was church. And that's the way we did church for the majority of 2019, unfortunately, just with the cards that we were dealt. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it just goes back to the person that, whoever it is so like for you for instance again is like you don't like watching on or you don't like watching online but there's another generation that's out there another group of people that enjoy mm. watching online much rather than going in person and i think though you hit it on the head when it comes to this idea is like church's community which it is but church is also where you go to get fed and I know you said it, it's like, it's not Dylan's job to feed the community of Ab Church, but at the same time, it is in its own way. And it's like, that's what church is all about. Church is a place for those that are hurting and church is a place for those that need healing. And that, when it comes to the idea of church, I think is why it's so important to still be tuned in and listening. Yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me. 
I think what you said, what you guys both said about the feeding part is 100% true. Like church on Sunday is the building up of the church, mm-hmm. the, the refining, the community aspect of mm-hmm. it. But I mean, that's an hour during the week. And if it's yeah. like, we're, if that's all <laughs> the time that we're a church in our own lives, if we're the church on an hour on Sunday, yay. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's the point? And so, but weird, t- weird little thing is online church I thought was so cool. This is a different perspective. I So my pops is a pastor, obviously. Been oh, that yeah. my whole entire life. Never once sat in church with my family. I've never done that mm. once. On Chris, Good Friday, Good Friday, yeah. there was like the online service. And we all just sat in my living room and watched. And I was like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> See, that that is kind of cool. Yeah. You're right. This, I was like, this is kind of cool. And well, I think the cool thing about online church for me has been able to watch different ones too i mean you could do yeah. all time with podcasts but it gives mm-hmm. you an opportunity to kind of not shop around <laughs> sounds <laughs> yeah. like a new word um but just to to watch more i guess consume yeah. more yeah sermons yeah. more messages uh-huh. um get different perspectives see what different yeah. topics are going on yeah yeah no i think it's been a big i've watched tons like you mm-hmm. said of just messages that i probably would have never sought out at all Totally. Which is cool. And even like, uh, but bringing it back to the the lazy Christians mm-hmm. part, you know what I think? This all ha- kind of has to do with it though, mm-hmm. because I'm sure, um, you know, when you're cleaning out like a room or a uh, crossway, whatever it is, it's just like, and you find something like, oh man, I remember when I was about this or yeah. I remember when I was super invested into this. Mm-hmm. I feel like honestly, that's what's happening right now to um, the church. Mm-hmm. I feel as a lot of people who it's like, okay, things got put on pause and for whatever reason, it just faith kind of became a back burner. And then now as things start opening back up, even though even like in California, it's like getting shut down. Right. But as things start opening back up, it's kind of like finding that faith when you're cleaning something out and it's like, Oh, I remember when I was about this. (laughs) I remember when I was invested, but it's, you find it and you're still kind of like, Eh. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna really do do much with this, specifically when you're cleaning out something. I I hope that people step up in their faith and are ready to meet the expectations and the things that um, Christ following people need to move forward in. But I feel that that's happening a lot. It's kind of like the I th- really think God's refining His church in a way where He's like, hey, it's not gonna look how you want it to look, mm-hmm. but that shouldn't just dis- or that shouldn't. Um, detract from god's message at all or detract from what god wants to do in communities at large you know church isn't Mm going to look the way it wants to look but that doesn't mean your faith should die down that doesn't mean um the commands of god go away that doesn't mean that our faith shouldn't be lived out yeah in ways that the bible calls and i think i kind of see that happening though faith has kind of become that 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 thing that gets buried underneath everything and then you find it things start opening up and it's like uh, you know, I'm not into this as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep watching online. And I think people, yeah. there are good reasons to watch online. I'm going to say that. I'm an advocate for that. But there's also some people who are just like, I'm going to do this just because I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, I don't want community. I don't want to be around people. And so I know I'm seeing that mm-hmm. um, firsthand in a lot of people's lives, you know? Yeah. It's just that idea of like, oh, I can say I went to church. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, oh, I I was filled up this week. I'm good for the rest of the week yeah. just because you tuned in and listened to something. And it's like there's more to it. There's more to it. And there's something I do want to say just because you, you, you hit it um, talking about like the idea of going back to normal in a way. And I think 
in this season and in the life that we're living right now that we have been put into this position. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm going to go back to church when it's back to normal. And I just want to say if anyone's listening and you're thinking like that, just stop. Because maybe in this whole season, and this is the way I'm kind of looking at this, um, maybe the reason why we're going through this and what God's trying to show us is church is going to be done differently from now on. Now, I'm not saying that it's just going to be online 24-7, no, but I'm saying that church can and probably will look different for a long time. So don't just hold on to this idea that, oh, I'm going to go back when it's normal, because if that's true, it's like you're going to probably won't be back for a for a long time. And then if that's the case, a lot of times that I've seen in just in people is when they wait for something to go back to normal, they end up losing faith and they end up walking away just in general because it never went back to the way they wanted church to be. Well, then at that point, it's you're trying to make church exactly what you want mm-hmm. it to be. And then you start becoming super like hypercritical. I've no, I'm so guilty of that. Um, I went to the same church for the first like 18 years. And then I went off to college, went into a different church, saw a different perspective and started getting really um, negative and hypercritical of Mm -hmm. just churches in general, just because, you know, it's like you start picking and choosing what you like, like, okay, I see what this church did. I didn't like what they did, or I didn't like how this church did this. And then it just, you know, you become super jaded and exactly get to that point of like, well, I'm just not going to go until it suits yeah. My needs. And it's like buying a car. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, test drive this one. Uh, don't, I don't like the way he preached. He, yeah. he reads out of the NIV and then you go to another <laughs> church. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's true. And I yeah. think that's where a big, um, we talked about pride last week. I feel like pride really leads to this attitude oh, of what a lazy yeah. Christian is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's always, oh no, I need it to be this way mm-hmm. or I need it to be this or I need it to be that. It's like, how difficult is it to really just commit to something? I mean, granted, unless they're just absolutely suspect and preaching <laughs> heresy <laughs> and the funds are the pastors driving a new Porsche every Sunday or so. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like a 100 person church and he has a Porsche. Or something, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, unless stuff's happening like that. It's like, how hard is it to be like, hey, you know what? This is a group of people who seem pretty cool. Not yeah. perfect at all. But let's see where this goes. I want to be a part of this. But I think you just hit that perfectly. It's just like. They're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what happens when people do go. And um, no, this is we're kind of going off the the spectrum right now. But when people go to church to church trying to find something that they like, they try to hold that church to a higher standard that nobody is really going to meet. Because, again, the church is ran by imperfect people, but get to follow a perfect God. Mm -hmm. And when we don't look at it like that, we do. We kind of get jaded and we get prideful in a way where it's like, oh, this just isn't it. And you keep going. And if that's the instance, then. You, you'll never find a church. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you start to think you know better than mm-hmm. the guy who's up on stage preaching who probably, at least for me, has studied more theology than I have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I know for me it gets into dangerous territory like that. No, absolutely, yeah. dude, because you just get this thing in your head and it's all about you. And it's yeah. really just because you're being lazy and like, ah, I don't yeah. want to commit. I don't want to be a part of this. It's like, oh. But it's your excuse. Like, I just want to yeah. show up. And I want the dude to say everything I want to say, but I still want to invest no time. Like, that's what I want to do as a mm-hmm. church. And this is, I was talking to, um, who was it? Uh, Raina Tracy earlier. And I was telling her, I was like, I'm Mr. Grace, 100% out the gate, benefit of the doubt all the time for everybody. Because that's just who I am. That's what God's worked in my life. So this subject just in general is more of a like foot down, (laughs) 
Like what's going on here? And so it's awkward for me to just talk about this, but it's just the truth. I think a lot of Christians are in this for themselves, are in it for just what they can get out of it, what they can say, what they can get. And it's like Jesus could have easily been like, you know what? I'm just going to be in this for me. But he said, nope, I'm going to go and take all of your sins away. I'm going to go and take all of your transgressions, put them on my shoulders, even while you're still yet sinners, not even that you guys have changed or anything. You guys are still doing this, but I'm going to say, you know what? This isn't about me. It's about you. Right. And I think that's the example and what being a Christ follower is all about. And I think when we become lazy, it's because we're prideful and we're selfish and we want it to just be our way. And it needs to look how we want when Jesus came on the opposite end of the spectrum, even the people, his own people, I crucified him. Right. And he came down and they all wanted him to overthrow the government. They all Mm -hmm. wanted him to do what they wanted him to do. But he's like, no, yeah, like I, I, I came for this mission. I came to save you. I came to, to take away your sins. And I think it gets put back on us that it's like, we can't save everybody. Jesus can. Mm-hmm. We can't do it all on our own. Jesus can. But it's our job to kind of propel that mission forward. And it's our job to do everything we can within our power to push that forward yeah. alongside Christ. He's He's the head of the church, you know. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to follow his lead, but it's still on us to be committed, to yeah. be mm-hmm. in it, to want to do something to better humanity. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as we talk about this idea of lazy Christian, I think on the other spectrum too, um, for me, lazy Christian, because you asked, going back to the very first question, it's like, when you think of lazy Christian, what do you think of? And I joked with you today during whatever that was earlier today, and I was like, when I think of lazy Christians, I think of old people, which is probably a horrible like thing to think. Wow. I know, I know. I know. That's an interesting perspective, though. Yeah, because like yep. the, when I think of lazy Christians, I think of the older generation, not the whole older generation, but the certain areas because they've been in the church for a long time. They've served in the church for a long time, and now they think, I'm done serving. It's time for the next mm. generation, and which is true, half. Like it is time for the next generation to rise up, but that doesn't mean you need to stop serving. Like that's the craziest part to me. And when I think of lazy Christians, I think of that. I think this whole time of COVID has probably brought that out more in the older generation of the church more than ever, because now that they've had a break in a sense, it's like, all right, I don't need to go back. And I don't know anywhere in the Bible that said, oh, you can stop serving once you reach the age 50. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're called to serve 24-7 or called to serve really our whole entire life. And the person I think of the most is technically she's not mine, but by marriage, uh, my my nanny is what we would call her. She's Aubrey's grandma. And she is probably 70 something years old. And every single time I see her, I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, I'm doing good. You know, I, I'm not stressed. I, I, what's the what's the Christian needs the saying? It's like, I'm too blessed to be stressed yeah. by the gra- and covered Ooh. by the grace of God. Uh, but, oh, my, my favorite, I think, was was blessed and highly favored. Yeah. Oh, I love oh, that she'll one. say that too. Blessed and highly favored. I'm like, oh, preach. But the thing is, I see her at that age mm-hmm. as an usher at her church. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's she's like, still on fire. Huh? Yeah. And she's still doing it. And like, I don't know if maybe later on in life we, we lose that fire fire or what that is but i've seen it on the other side where it's like no like we're still called to serve we're still called to push out the gospel in any type of way but that's just my opinion on lazy christians jerry you got something to add to that i know you're like that's an interesting perspective well it's interesting because the way you think about it i mean 
it's a hundred percent the truth. Once, you know, you get a little bit older, it's almost kind of like you, you take a, a seat and kind of mm-hmm. observe and watch and you expect everyone else kind of do that. And I feel like, you know, being respectful of your elders, you kind of want to like, they are like, well, we, it's our time, you know? Um, but I definitely think everyone should have some sort of part. And I think what's kind of interesting is it's just really tough. It's, it's hard. What does it look like? Especially I think in the midst of this, mm-hmm. what does it look like for somebody who is in the at risk category for, yeah. you know, a disease, a global yeah. pandemic yeah. to serve. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the hard part. And I think that's the hard part about all this. It's like, there are still things we can still ways of doing of serving, but it's, there's kind of multiple different camps. There's multiple, you know, facets to this whole thing. It's like, yeah. can we meet up in person and serve? Some people are comfortable. Some people are not comfortable. Some people are comfortable being, you know, mass. Other people want to be socially distanced and mass the whole time. It's a lot more to juggle with mm-hmm. because getting people to serve already was hard. Getting people mm-hmm. to stop thinking about themselves and say, Hey, I'll be there 30 minutes early to put chairs up. Mm-hmm. That's already tough. But now doing something like that, now getting people to do something is even more difficult if you're even doing something in person at all. Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole aspect of what is serving while not being amongst people look like serving online, serving. It, it's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of different complex layers to it. So I think it's uh, easy to be lazy, but it's like. Those other, I think also it's the same respect. Those people might be like, well, what do you expect me to do? Yeah. We're not going to mm-hmm. be in person. What do you, well, how am I supposed to help? Yeah. But yeah. there are ways. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the coolest part about Ave Church is the fact that in this time, there's still avenues, quote unquote, um, hey. major avenue <laughs> <laughs> to, to be able to serve, for instance, what Ave Church is doing for the foster care system in, right. in this, t- in this season. And so now that kind of, and I love it because it puts the ball in the community's court into the church community's court. Like, all right, there is avenues to serve, even in this time where we can't meet in person. So now what are we going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the whole thing, I mean, one of the questions right here on the show notes, we're already talking about it, but it's like, do you think the pandemic had anything to do with the shift in this mindset to maybe getting a little bit more lazy or so? We're already talking about it, though. Yeah. But it's interesting you say what you said, Chuck, because it's like, remember, I said the opposite. Mm-hmm. I said, it's like, I don't know. I feel like I see people around my age, millennials, who's anybody who is 40 or younger all the way to like age 23, I think, in this year. Yeah, that's what, what yeah. technically a millennial is. 40? Yeah, because as of yeah. 2018, it's maybe even 41, as of out of 2000, <laughs> as of 2018, it was anybody who was age 22 to 39. So actually, like 41 to 24. Really, that's like what a mm-hmm. millennial. I think it's technically like 1980 to 90s, yeah. something like that. Because I was like, I was like, I feel like somebody that's like 40 is like a Gen X. Yeah, like that's that. But then again, I haven't done tons and of work. Getting older is different. Hmm. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> I see it more as like I see my generation is so um, hit or miss with things. It's like we're all in, and then if we get sidetracked a little bit, it's like, whoa, I'm over here now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already there. So it's it's hard to keep that uh, matching level of energy and intensity. I guess you could say it's like yeah. you can't. As a leader, I know it's like I need to be pushing stuff forward because my generation wants to be a part of something, but wants to be a part of it so large that it's like if there's ever a gap, it's like anything could happen in that Mm. gap. And specifically, there was a pandemic that happened. (laughs) So I know I've seen where it's 
people who may come who are my age or around my age are like, yeah, this is kind of nice. Like, I like just yeah. <laughs> kicking back, not going anywhere on Sunday. Like, this is dope. Same thing, huh. like I said earlier, it's like that that thing that you found in your closet that you're cleaning. You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah. I'm already moved on to something else, but this was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think for me personally, because you already hit it when it comes to this idea, is like for me when it comes to being a lazy Christian, I hit that heavy in this pandemic. And I think what it is is we get in a rut. And it was just like the every every week it was the same thing over and over again. Yeah. For me, it was like Monday I prepped for our Wednesday night message. Tuesday I filmed that message. Wednesday we posted the message. Thursday it was content that we pushed out. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it was just anything that came. And I was so used to that staying inside, being in this rut and being in the same cycle. And in a sense, it made me lazy to the point where when we started opening everything back up, I was like, oh, I don't want to go outside. Like, it's, I'm good. Like, we don't have yeah. to do youth services. We don't have to have church services. We can keep doing this online. Like, I like I like this. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is we and exactly what it played right into the enemy's hand where he can trap us into that type of a mindset. But it is. It's just like when it comes to lazy Christians, I think going to this question, this pandemic has hit us heavy. And it's made Christians that weren't lazy, lazy case in point me i don't think i was a lazy christian beforehand maybe in certain areas yeah but i think this pandemic has really done a damage to a lot of just people in general i completely agree with especially what you said about being in a rut mm. i think <clears throat> excuse me um for me the pandemic it it instilled this idea of almost like the woe is me kind mm, of attitude where absolutely. where it's like this is affecting me and my life really hard like I was unemployed for a good amount of time and um just like you get into this idea in your head of like oh this is like negative effect in only me mm -hmm. um and so then translating that into like into my Christian life into church it's like well I need like I need to be fed right now. I can't pour out into anybody else. I can't serve because mm -hmm. I'm feeling so bad. Like I need to, I need the one who needs to be fed. And you get this complacency of like, well, you know, I just don't feel it to serve this because <laughs> life is just going really terribly right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in the right mind space or in the right, you mm -hmm. know, headspace. I mean, um, so I think that's where, especially in the beginning, that's where I was kind of at yeah. like, what was me? Life sucks. hundred yeah. percent. I can't, I have no energy to, to serve others or to spread. But I mean, that's a, that's laziness too. Just getting like so stuck in your own head about that. You yeah. know? I think laziness really breeds that sense of woe is me. Mm -hmm. You know, it really does because yeah. it's all, when I'm lazy, I don't care about anybody but myself mm -hmm. yeah like true like straight up i don't care about totally. nothing i'm worried about numero uno <laughs> and we're all in relationships you two are married it's like you guys know when you're lazy and your relationship probably starts to suffer a little bit because if you're being lazy in your relationship it's like oh shoot man yeah. this, it's like one-sided yeah. this isn't really working out if you're at work you start being lazy don't get stuff done it's like you're falling behind, your boss is after you, your manager's after you, whatever it is. And it's the same thing within faith when we get when we get lazy with it. It's like things aren't going to look how they should look. Things yeah. aren't going to yeah. come to pass how they should. You know, it's we should be hopeful for things. We should be ready to with hands wide open, like willing to serve, willing to serve God, willing to serve in whatever capacity that we can, because that's what God has called us to do. But when we get lazy, we just get so uh, intertwined with us with me with me me yeah. me 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 and then mm -hmm. we go into depression and then we get mm -hmm. anxiety and then we get um 
sad and hurt and just like all this crazy stuff. But then when we bring our perspective outside of our own laziness and we broaden our horizon on something bigger than ourselves, that's when things start moving forward. That's yeah. when life starts truly moving forward in a way. And especially when we broaden our horizon, take a step back and and step outside of ourselves and look at Jesus. That's when it's like the whole world opens yeah. up. I think that's interesting. The fact that you said when it comes to laziness, like it, it breeds a sense of anxiety because before quarantine, it's like I never once experienced anxiety and I like never like because I, I, anxiety is real. And like, I know it's real. I've seen people struggle with, I've seen other people struggle with it and it's not a fun thing. And I always was just like, okay, like I'm just, it's hard for me to speak about it because I've never experienced it. But in this time of quarantine, like I've got hit with anxiety left and right. And I was like, I don't like this. Like, why is this happening? And you saying that in this idea of laziness and what quarantine has brought out, it's so true to see that like when we get stuck in our rut and anything kind of tries to switch that up, it's like that anxiety kicks up and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like what, what's going to happen next? And that's just an interesting thought. I don't know. It's the truth. <laughs> yeah, it is a hundred percent, but I just never looked at it like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't either. Actually, that's, it's such a good way to look at it because as yeah someone who's experienced anxiety before thinking about like the root of it it's like you know it's like okay this you know maybe looking back to a certain like circumstance or situation that Mm -hmm. happened as the root of anxiety but really honestly looking at it as a root even further back of of laziness or that not willing to um step outside of yourself that selfishness honestly Mm -hmm. i mean lazy when you were talking um like laziness is selfishness ultimately and jesus is the opposite of selfishness he is selfless therefore Mm -hmm. he is not lazy you know what i mean just looking at it in those kind of terms no 100 percent. and i think everything in life that is good it's like the bible says focus on what is good what is pure what is lovely what is noble i think everything that is those things start with wanting start with doing something that you may not want to do at the time Mm mm-hmm the best things in life are often come shortly after you did something you don't want to do, or yeah. maybe you feel lazy about, or maybe you felt right. like you don't really want to go down that path, but you know, it's right. You so know, it's true. noble, you know, it's good. You know, it's uh, lovely, you know, it's holy, you know, uh, the best things in life always come after that. And I think that's something as Christians we need to remember is God wants to bless us. God wants mm-hmm. to push us forward. God wants us to live our best life. And I know some people are really like, no, we're all, God doesn't say that. And he wants us to be, uh, know our sin. And it's this, he doesn't promise any, but it's like, dude, the scriptures are full. It's like our blessings come upon you. You know what I mean? He tells Abraham in the very beginning, like, I will bless you and you will multiply. Uh, and it's him who carries out that contract. It's not even Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Falls asleep and God carries through the contract. Anyways, he wants to bless us. He wants to do those things, but we have to put in the work and mm-hmm. we have to do the things that we don't want to do. And it's always, 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 we've talked about, it, I think a few weeks ago too, mm-hmm. in, in a serving aspect. But when we do those things, we always feel so much better on the other side. Yeah. And I think it's because just going back to what Kaylee was talking about and what I was talking about, it's because you're taking your life and not making it yours for that hour, for that two hours, for that three hours, whatever, whatever it is, you're taking like your singular perspective and placing it somewhere else, mm-hmm. placing on other people, wanting to bless other people, serve other people, and in turn you will be blessed, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, I think, 
the um what gets me the most and and <clears throat> what gets me out of that rut the most of that selfish thinking is and this is goes back to what we were talking about earlier about community but it is community mm-hmm. and i think as someone who can be a little more introverted at times or just really not want to be around people a lot of the times it can be really hard to especially before in church like wake up and be like oh man okay i'm gonna have to speak <laughs> to a lot of people today and really just put on the happy face and and everything but dylan what you were saying about how when you are in situations where you're not thinking about yourself and you're doing something that might be a little uncomfortable at the time. Mm-hmm. I think for me, a lot of that is being present in community and and having those conversations, those difficult conversations. Um, you just feel so much better afterwards, yeah. that relief that you feel, that weight off your shoulders. Um, and I think, uh, especially for me, like it, during quarantine, it was like, I can't almost really feel like, oh, okay, I don't have to like be around a lot of people all the time. But then <laughs> you do it. And um, especially in like the meetings we've been having with Av and, and everything and those conversations that we're just sparking, even those little conversations, yeah. you feel so much better I afterwards. feel great afterwards. Same. Yeah, exactly. And it's and maybe it's not something I was like the most looking forward to beforehand, but afterwards, like, you know what? This is definitely what was needed. And mm-hmm. God uses that. And he uses, especially for me, I think he uses community the most to... Yeah to get me out of um, that laziness and out of that place and really put me in a better mindset. Yeah. I think one thing that's so true and it goes back just to being a lazy Christian and in a sense being selfish is if we don't want to be you or if we don't want to be used by God because it's going to make us uncomfortable, then it, at the end of the day, it's like you're never going to be used by God. Right. And yeah. I think personally is like, like God calls us out of our comfort zone to be used. And if we want to try and bring Jesus into our comfort bubble, it's just not going to work. That's not the way God Mm -hmm. intended really truly for it to be. And I think it's so true in any aspect of life. Like if you really want to be used, Mm -hmm. it's going to make you feel uncomfortable, but the reward from it is just going to be like just doubled. And it's so amazing to see that. Um, I mean, there's countless stories in my own life. I know there's countless stories in Jared's life and all of our lives where when you get outside that comfort zone, it's such a blessing. Well, it's like one of the first like major characters of the Bible, Abraham, Mm -hmm. his story starts with God telling him, Hey, leave your family and go somewhere else. Yeah, totally. (laughs) If I'm I'm with him, I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? I'm not doing that. And he's somebody who uh, is a major character, especially in the old Testament. And he's, it's quoted back to God's covenant with him all the time in the new Testament. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the first major players. And it starts with God asking him to do something that's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable do something that makes him get out of his comfort zone, gets him out of maybe a little bit of laziness. Who knows what happened before that? Maybe he was a little bit complacent. Maybe he yeah. was a little like, oh, I'm fine with how things are. And then here's God is like, hey, pick up your stuff, take your family and go. go. We well, <laughs> can say the same with Moses too. I yeah. mean, God mm-hmm. telling him to 100%. go free the Egyptians and it's like, uh, what? <laughs> what, <do you> <laughs> what <do> you... <laughs> Hold on. Let's, uh, let's do some. Same with Noah too. Like, you know, do go to Nineveh and free the people. <laughs> it's like all that you see all these. especially didn't oh want to do yeah. it. <laughs> and then you see what happens when you uh, don't do what God wants you to do. He, mm, you get around there anyways. But. <laughs> <laughs> the thing though that when you said Moses, the part that gets me is because I feel like a lot of times when it comes to serving in church, like we can look at our own in a sense, like disabilities or our own like mis- misfortunes or dysfunctions and think I can't be used because of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you look at Moses, yes. Moses had a speech impediment, like he stuttered. And it's like, God was like, 
no, you're still going to be used. Like, go. And like, God made a way for him to be used. And so, mm-hmm. like, if we're sitting here today listening to this and, like, we might feel uncomfortable because, like, maybe God's saying, hey, go to Ab Church and, and help Dylan out with this or go serve in this aspect of the church. And you're like, oh, I, I can't do that. Like, I'm not a people person go like God's going to use you like just watch and see how that happens and again it goes back to being outside that comfort zone yeah and we talked about that I think that was today or maybe it was yesterday but I know in the book of judges um, God always like every judge that he anoints Mm -hmm. is always like oh and like Gideon and he was the lowest of the low family Mm -hmm. but God picked him Mm -hmm. and it's like that's how God works so it's always people who think on the outside looking in, it's like, I can't do it. Yeah, like, David. David yeah. was the runt of the pack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was a man after God's own heart, and here he is, king, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how God works, though. So, I, yeah, I'm just echoing what you're saying, Chuck, yeah. is if what's stopping you is maybe a little bit of laziness, but also uncomfortability because you feel like you can't because of whatever reason, it's like, yeah. that's the right spot to be in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and wanting yeah. to serve God and just knowing that, Okay, yeah, maybe you don't think you have the giftings and abilities, but God does. Yeah, right. And, and I, God will push you through anything. Yeah, and I think I always like to bring it back into a like a practical term because we can always go back to the Bible and like, look at how he did it. Look at how he did it. Yeah. But it's like I, when I even doing that, it's like I look in this room and like I know like the certain things that every one of us had to go through to be able to be served by God. Like, for instance, I'll pick on myself. It's like I'm someone with like a reading disability, a learning disability. Like I, I have dyslexia. So imagine trying to be in front of 100 different people and reading out of a Bible. It's like. <laughs> Wait a second, but it makes me feel uncomfortable to a certain, like a certain degree. Even like speaking makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's just the way God uses you, even with all your misfunc- or disabilities and just misfortunes almost, you know? And it's like, again, it goes back to every one of us. We all have done that before and had that happen to us, but it's just a beautiful thing to see on the outside. It's Isn't it amazing how God can work in those ways? It's a trip. Absolute for, trip. Like for things that, like nobody in their right mind, I know myself, I I wouldn't think like, oh yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hype you up right now, Chuck. <laughs> but <laughs> Hold, let me record it. <laughs> oh gosh, he's gonna have the biggest head after this. <laughs> but yeah, what you said is true. But you do give so many powerful messages, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. you're a great speaker. And nobody, Absolutely. you would never even think from the outside looking in. Like, and that's something about you that people don't know how much time and effort you put in (laughs) to like make sure that you're good to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And people couldn't, from the outside looking in, couldn't even tell. And yeah, your story is like such a testament to what God can do Mm -hmm. if you follow him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're also a terrible person. <laughs> I was hyping you up a little bit. Too. <laughs> you had to bring, it, had to bring it back down a little bit. I need it, though. I need yeah, it. You suck. You guys talked about pride last week. I was being filled with it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. This is, it's all within the same vein. You got to yeah. say something, Jerry? So I had, I guess, an in, a different look at laziness. And the way I think maybe I relate to it, laziness for me is an absence of rest. Mm-hmm. so i kind of if i'm not actively resting or if i'm not choosing like hey i mm-hmm. need to like sit and chill out and i gotta rest that makes me lazy because i'm like when i know i have other things to do if i'm on go 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 when it's time for something else that's important it's time to like specifically ministry or to pour into people i'm like dude i'm i just i've been nonstop. i'm so tired i'm so spent and drained i can't do that and like that's especially like i, I find that happens to me most 
I'm going to keep picking on Av Youth because what it comes down to is <laughs> it's it's something where I know I'm called to be. And God has proven it literally every single week I go. Mm-hmm. Every single week. And it's so hard because the last thing I want to do is I'm like, dude, I'm so... I just, I just feel really drained on all my weeks. Like I, my work takes a lot out of me because naturally, you know, some people who know me or see me around people, they think I'm a little bit more extroverted because I like to, to clown around and, you know, bring a lot of attention to myself. It's because I'm vain. Um, <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm, I tend to be more introverted. Like when I go home, I like to chill out. I like to relax. I like a lot, a lot of alone time. Like my lady will know I'm like, Hey, like I'm just trying to be by myself. Like I really need to, <laughs> kind of uh kind of recharge and like i don't want i already expend so much energy for four days a week where for 10 hours a day i'm literally getting out talking to people i don't know every 30 minutes and i'm not asking them hey how's your day i'm like hey you know how'd you get shot in the leg like i it's it's just it's very draining stuff (laughs) that's a funny example but it's also very true true. (laughs) it's very true um and so when I think about like serving, I'm almost like, dude, I'm so drained. I can't think about putting out any more energy. Like, and not just like adults. It's like, these are kids. Like they could be like, hey, what's up, Jared? How's it going? Or they could be like, this fool sucks. I don't even want to talk to him. It's 50-50, <laughs> especially because I'm old. Um, so it, it's just so hard to do. But I think if when I take that time to purposely, purposefully rest and trying to rejuvenate and try to take that deep breath in and actively rest versus when I'm forced to by being lazy. Um, that makes all the difference that it, it truly makes a big difference in my life. Well, that's why it's a command, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Keep the Sabbath day holy. And it's not like this, um, legalistic on Sunday, you have to not lift your finger. To, it's not this, but it's more what you're talking about. Cause God knows that we as human beings, he created us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. He knows that, we're not going to be able to be productive. We're not going to be able to get stuff done. We're not going to be able to be the best version of ourselves if we don't intentionally take some time to rest, you know? And that's so important. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. And I think, like, you guys know people. I don't know how you guys are, but you know those people who go on vacation, <laughs> but their vacation is, like, 12-hour days of just nonstop yeah. adventuring, exploring, doing this. It's. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like those people have a hard time with rest, mm-hmm. intentionally resting. Because intentionally resting, especially as a person of faith, I know for me, it's like, I need to take this day. Don't think so hard, for one. Get your coffee. I'll go get my coffee at Starbucks. But I'll take time to to meditate on what the Word says and pray with God. Because that's what energizes and fuels our spirits, which yeah. in turn fuel like our physical bodies. Yeah. Um. Take time to do that. Take moments just to myself. And then it's like, I feel great. You know, yeah. then I'll hang out with Destiny. We'll mm-hmm. get dinner. Watch Netflix. Nothing crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it can't, these rest days, like you said, Jerry, they have to be intentional. They can't be like, well, this is my rest day. I plan to go to Six Flags at this time. <laughs> and then we're going to the Sky Zone afterwards. And then we're going to go bowling with a bunch of friends and then finish off the day with a barbecue and movie at my house. I'm going to set it all up. It's like, that's not a day off yeah that's it sounds fun though it sounds sounds (laughs) like a great time but i feel like i need like three bangs just to get (laughs) it does sound great but it is that's not rest you know yeah well and and it's like intentional rest is not the same as laziness and i think mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. people conflate them so much and they feel guilty exactly when that's me i I feel that heavy totally and i know and i can definitely 
relate and feel that too. And this idea, if you're not productive or doing something constantly, if you are, mm-hmm. if you aren't, if you are in that rest period, then you're being lazy. Oh yeah. my gosh, that can really get to you. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially our generation specifically, we just see all these people. They're they're making it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. no grind, no days off, bro. You Built know, difference makes yeah. me exhausted. <laughs> makes me exhausted just looking. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're grinding like that's what I need to do. But it's like, yeah. Cool. yeah, what I think is hard, and I don't know who can relate to this, but. I grew up in a household. It was very much like my dad was like, it's Saturday, Saturday at 8 a.m. And I was like, like, I wanted to sleep. That's not what we did. I got up, I mowed the lawn, I freaking Mm -hmm. washed the car. And it was like, goodness gracious, man. Like, I want to do that. Like, my dad was like, all right, you get a 30 minute lunch break. I'm 10 and I'm out there mowing my front and back lawn, learn how to use a weed whacker. But it was one of those ones where like in my household growing up, there was like, on your day off, it's like my, in my, I guess my parents' mind is kind of like, you're a kid. Every day is a day off to you. But for yeah. me, I'm like, yeah. dude, I've now as an adult, I feel like on my days off, if I'm not cleaning and going mm-hmm. grocery shopping exactly. and cooking and cleaning out my car, if I'm not constantly doing maintenance on my whole life, I feel like I'm, I'm terrible. I'm so lazy. I feel, I like legit feel bad about myself. I'm like, dude, mm. I, I, I was supposed to wash my car. And there's always something like, I feel like I'm not doing. So mm-hmm. I think that's where I always get anxiety too. Cause even think about it today, like I didn't, I wouldn't say I even did much today, but just the fact that my battery died and then I had to pick up my, uh, my lady's sister from the airport. Those two things already threw a big wrench. Cause I had a whole day planned out with the things I was supposed to do. And my, my day just went completely different. I was supposed to go volunteer something for work and then my battery didn't work for my car. So I'm like, all right, well I can't do that. And still, my day was not restful like I thought I was. I might be, mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, well, and I'm all spun up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, and it's so hard. And I mean, I don't know if that just walking the line of like hard work, but needing maintenance is so important in your life. Like getting things done and making sure that you are attending to the things that need to be done in your life and not putting things off because yeah. putting things off is lazy. Straight up. But then this idea of intense rest like all of it together can like form a really huge like gray barrier sometimes like the overlap between everything yeah and i think it's so so important to understand like when it comes to rest like the the seven days of creation and i love it Mm -hmm. because i think pastor jim says it like this it's like just because god rested he didn't need to rest it's like god's god Mm -hmm. but he rested to give us an example because there's weeks and months where we can go seven days straight and we feel like oh we're good but there's going to come a moment where we take a downfall that's where burnout comes into into a play where we don't want to see anybody and that's where laziness can creep in it's like god's not stupid like he Mm -hmm. he gave us this in a sense a time frame of our week because it's important like we need that intentional rest doesn't mean you can't work hard those six days a week and that was the hardest part for me when i first started coming to church because i was the same way as jared it was like you work like my dad's a blue collar worker. That's what I'm supposed to do is like same thing. Like waking up seven, eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, just waking up because my dad was up. I was like, dad, what are we doing? He's like, we're going to sit here and watch TV. It's like, but I want to sleep. But it was just because he was up. I had to be up. So stupid. But I think what you said, going back to you, Dylan, what was so important. And for anybody that when it comes to intentional rest, we can have an intentional rest, but meditate on God's word. 
It's so important because we can have an intentional day of rest, but not feel rested afterwards. And I think a big part of that doing is because we're not focusing on God in those days. And if we truly want to see our soul refreshed, we can physically have a day off, but we also physically need to, or we have physically also need to be leaning into God, leaning into his presence in those moments. Yeah. Because there's days, there have been days where it's like, I'll just binge watch a Netflix mm-hmm. show all day. And I'm still like all tired. Yeah, you're like <laughs> yeah. exhausted. Even though yeah. you do oh, true. Yeah. And it's <laughs> so like, weird. Well, I didn't do anything all day. You know, there's a few of those days during the first couple months of quarantine. Woo. Oh, I got through a lot of shows. You know? <laughs> but it was like, uh, it still was tiring because I wasn't shutting my brain off, you mm-hmm. know, and, and shutting your brain off comes with, like you said, Chuck, the reinvigoration of finding out more of who God is yeah. and what he's doing in our lives and whatnot. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. I like where we're going with this. So we have a few more things, but I know we've been going for a little bit, but uh, we'll just keep we'll going. See, we'll see where this goes. Um, what does it mean to be, I guess, because we're talking about lazy Christians, but what does it mean to be a doer of the faith? You know, I, I've said that word pretty often as of late, be a doer of the faith. What does that look like? Maybe even in your individual lives or maybe you have something on a grand scale. Uh, but what do you guys think of when you think of a doer, doer, rather than just a talker? <laughs> doer <laughs> sounds dumb. I think being a quote unquote doer of the faith is a you're not sitting on the sidelines, and I think that's a big thing. A lot of I don't consider a lot of Christians doers of the faith. I think a lot of them are goers. They're mm-hmm. there, but they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's kind of, um, I think that's kind of skewed by my own view of Christianity. Like I always feel like, like, I always feel like I'm being a better Christian when I'm actively participating. I think that's how you enjoy it. Like I think when I'm serving, when I'm doing something to serve, I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm I'm living my best life for God. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not doing something, I'm like, oh well, I'm not being a really good Christian because I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But it's more than just participating, going to, you know, homeless outreach events or mm-hmm. setting up chairs or, you know, singing and playing worship or whatever you choose to do to assist um, your church or the faith. I think it's also actively pursuing God every single day, mm-hmm. whether that's listening to worship music, reading your Bible, filling yourself up, talking to somebody or even being like, hey, thought about you today, prayed for you. Like the days I feel like I'm also most like I'm getting the most out of it are the days when I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for my friends. I'm I'm praying for our country. And I've been praying for our country a lot. (laughs) And that's not to like make any sort of political thing. It's just because there's a lot going on this year. It's it's been a tough year. We always need prayer, brother. Yeah. No, no, no. I I feel like I I always do the most when I'm praying and just meditating on, on what it comes with. And I get especially for me, I think in my life, I get the most out of music music's like the way main way where i feel like god speaks to me the most or because mm-hmm. there'll be times where a song comes on I'm like oh that song's good and then i'll put another one on and i just find myself like i was saying earlier i'm bawling crying <laughs> my eyes out or just worshiping uh-huh. i'm like holy crap like this really just can't gave me so much right now yeah. um but yeah actively doing something and not just you know going but being mm-hmm. there doing something be more than somebody that sits on the sidelines get in the game i guess yeah. the best way you know, a little sports reference for Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, I think when you say doer of faith, I kind of twisted it in my own way in the sense because when I hear doer of faith, I think of like being a doer of the word. And mm-hmm. that's what James chapter one, verse 22 says. He says, uh, but be doers of the word and not, um, and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, and Jared just hit that like heavy where it's like we can sit here and just be hearers or we can sit here and just be on the sideline but not actually out there doing it not out there actually living our faith and that to me is just like what's the point it's like that's not christianity it's like as christians we are called to look like jesus live like jesus and love like jesus Mm -hmm. and in my mind it's like if we could just come to church just to come to church like not that that's not jesus like jesus Mm -hmm. calls us to live our faith out every single day whether that's in church Mm -hmm. or out of church i think a lot of times we i think a lot of times we focus so much on in church but it's like when you're at the grocery store how are you acting like you live in this faith out you being a doer of this faith a doer of this word Mm -hmm. and i think that right there in itself can just can just be a uh a huge um, challenge for every single one of us because me, I'll again just pick on myself as a quote unquote pastor. Don't have my license yet, but nice, uh, <laughs> fake. fake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but being a quote unquote pastor, it's like there's moments where I walk into a, a Stater Brothers and I'm like, I don't want to be a pastor right now. Like I, I don't want to be a doer of this faith. Like uh-huh. I don't want to be a doer of this word. I just want to walk in, put my hoodie on, maybe my glasses. I don't know, and just <laughs> like get what I need. Not and just be so antisocial. And I think there's moments where it's like in those time frames, like maybe God's trying to use you at that state of brothers to minister to somebody. But because yeah. I wasn't being a doer of my faith, I wasn't being a doer of the word. I missed out on that opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think we just need to be on not on guard, but in a way like on the look at all times. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you, though? Like, how is like, you know, you're you're at Stater Brothers, and mm-hmm. I guess just kind of pose a question: How does it mean to be like vulnerable and open to you know being you know you're a pastor and you're at Stater Brothers? Is it is it wrong for you just to throw your headphones in and throw your hoodie on, or what do you feel like you should be doing? The way I always look at it is like, what would Jesus do? And it's such a cheesy example, but I love it. Bracelet. I absolutely love it. It's like. When I walk into this grocery store, how would Jesus's posture be? Mm. How would Jesus react? Yeah. And that's the way I try to live my life in general, like just being honest. And do I do the best job at it? No, of course not. Like that Jesus is Jesus for a reason. I'm not Jesus. (laughs) But I want to mimic my life as much as I possibly can to look like Jesus. So like if I see if Jesus was in that store and saw someone needing help, Jesus wouldn't just walk by and be like, good luck. Like, mm-hmm. like he would be there to help. He'd be there to talk. He'd be there to love on them. And that's mm-hmm. the way I look at that. Mm. I know. It's so interesting that, sorry, this is just no, like good. very yeah. oddly specifically relevant because mm-hmm. very last, oddly specifically relevant. <laughs> it is. Well, because last week, um, I was at the grocery store just kind of like perusing the aisles, like not really. And this, <laughs> <laughs> this, um, older gentleman, he was in, you know, those like motorized carts yeah. oh, and yeah. he had, um, like a little kid with him, I'm assuming his grandchild, because he, he, and they were like riding up and um, I was like, my back was to him. And then he like called out and like said, excuse me. And, you know, in that moment, you're like, oh man, I'm going <laughs> to, and then I like turn around and, um, you know, they, uh, he had asked just for um, a couple dollars. stuff. he's like, I'm just short of my groceries mm-hmm. with my, you know, with my grandchild. I just, um, you know, need some, some cash just to finish. And it's like in that moment, it's like, okay. And I did have cash on me. So mm-hmm. it's either, okay, I could lie, say no, <laughs> walk away from the situation, which I really 
that was on it. The human in me that was like yeah. the selfish part was like wanted yeah, to. Yeah, that's that. a real thought. Everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, but then you know, like something just convicted me, and I know you know giving money to people is like you know here there, but it was just in a situation you just asked for like four or five bucks, mm-hmm. and so something just came. Over. I mean, it was honestly the Holy Spirit's like you know what just just do it. So I was yeah. like, normally in a situation when I said no, I was like, yeah, yeah. So I pulled the cash out and that was like a short interaction. But then I could tell like the gratefulness, like they wanted to continue having a conversation. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, it's like, okay, I gave That's you that. Awesome. I, I did my due diligence. Yeah, I did yeah. that. But then, you know what? Something came over. It's like, you know what? Just talk to this person for a couple minutes and just, um, just had like a really brief conversation. And, you know, they were like, then they went on their way and it was one of those things where it's like that could have been a situation where it could have totally just like ignored someone just moved on probably wouldn't have have affected like my life any different but i don't know the fact that i was able to have that conversation it just it just really like stayed with me Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. someone just needed that human interaction just needed a couple bucks and to me that's so little but being able to provide that to someone um i don't know it just Something that I normally, like I said, I think the selfish part of us doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. want to have those interactions, but I think God just took me that day and said, do it. Can I even say too, it's like in that moment, like, did you feel uncomfortable? Oh like, yeah. And like, I mean, again, oh, for sure. Everything yeah. about it makes me feel uncomfortable already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then it goes back to at the same, the whole entire thing we're talking about is like, when we are uncomfortable, that's when God can use us the most. And obviously mm-hmm. you had that conversation with them. That could have made their day right there. Like we don't know what was going on in their life. But the fact that you were willing to step outside of that comfort zone is like the, the craziest part, but the coolest part at the same time being used by God. Well, and what you were saying earlier too, I think that's the exact same thought I had when Dylan, you opposed the initial question, what does it mean to be doers of faith? Hmm. It's to to have that Christ-like mindset and to and to bring your faith into every aspect of your mm-hmm. life and not yeah. compartmentalize it. Cause I know yeah. I'm guilty of that. Just, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to be a really good Christian during like church time and, yeah. and serve during church. But outside of that, like, what am I doing for Christ at work? Yeah. Um, in my friendships, am I uplifting mm-hmm. people yeah. or am I just not really taking the time to, you know, see how their day went or mm-hmm. in my own, in my marriage? Like, yeah. you know, I think that's probably one of the easiest places to, to get complacent, not to really have that, um, that Christ-like mindset of, of serving one another, mm-hmm. that needs to be a conscious thought every single day, you know, with yeah. family. I think bringing Jesus into every single aspect of your life, I think to me is what it means mm-hmm. to be a doer of faith. Yeah. I think it just came to my mind. And it's funny because your brother, Nathan, used to say this back when he was the pastor at our junior high ministry here at the church. And he would always, he probably know I'm going to say. Can't wait to hear this. Dylan's <laughs> <laughs> eyes just immediately rolled to his head. He would always say, and he did it as a joke, but he would always say like, I'm just a pastor on Tuesday nights from five to eight o'clock. <laughs> oh, I've heard him say that. I've heard that's a good statement. And, and it's so funny. It's it's all, all meant in a joke, but it, it's so funny. But the thing is this, it's like, even as Christians, we can't live our lives like that. No, it, not at all. You know what I'm saying? And I think there's so many of us, and I'm guilty of it. I'm not pointing anybody. I'm guilty of it, where we do that. We live, I'm a Christian on Sunday morning from nine o'clock to 12 mm-hmm. o'clock. After that, I'm going to go to the bar and watch the game. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? And it's like, there's those certain moments um, that we can't live like that. And like, yeah. and again, it goes back to what would Jesus do? How mm-hmm. would Jesus act outside of his work hours? <laughs> yeah, right. And I think 
um i have this idea this thing popping in my head where i feel like as christians i know myself like we've almost lost our sense of wonder our sense mm. of awe mm-hmm. because yeah. i think when you walk like you did kaylee's um you didn't expect that moment you know to happen but it still happened but mm-hmm. i think just in life in general general when you walk with your hands open to like what god wants to do or maybe even start our day with like god please do something amazing today you're more expectant you're more looking for that opportunity you're more looking for that moment but i think so many of us get into that nine to five i'm a christian from nine to five or i'm a doer of the faith from nine to five that once those hours are done or once sunday service is over it's like we're not even looking around for those moments Mm -hmm. anymore. we're not walking around with our hands open like god i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting but instead we're like all right we did our due diligence yeah and so like things could be popping up all around us but we're just completely missing it because our hearts and our hands aren't open for what God wants to do, you know? Yeah. Well, and that exactly it just makes me think of all the conversations or missed opportunities in the yeah. past just because my head was down instead yeah. of up, yeah. you know, fit it literally and metaphorically speaking. Yeah. But it's like. Kind of hits you hard. Yeah. God yeah. could be throwing us a softball, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, but we're just not even looking. We get pegged in the head and it's like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? And we've all had those moments, I'm sure, where it's oh, like, yeah. I should have done more or I oh, should have asked that question or I should the worst feeling. Yeah. That's always, yeah. Ugh, <sighs> it's a bad feeling. It really is. Why'd you bring that up? Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, just to close this out, we could talk about this for a second, but I think being a doer of the faith is something that we need to bring into our everyday lives. And I think especially right now, the world doesn't need like less of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The world needs so much more. And it, we need Jesus more and more every day. Everybody does, and it? I mean, there's so much political hostility. There's so much um, people worried about where their pay- next paycheck is going to come from, losing yeah. homes, just everything going on, so much uncertainty. It's like right now the world needs Jesus. The world needs yeah. um, something like that. Hope. To be, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world needs hope beyond anything else. Well, and that just makes me think, tangibly because when i hear things like the world needs more jesus hope i think it's hard to break that down into what you're talking about like bring it down to like practical Mm -hmm. and i think something that i've been kind of thinking about this while i've been talking this whole time is not only more importantly does do we need the good news of jesus you know jesus came to save us that relationship but also what does that look like too like for me it's i go always go back to the fruits of the spirit like Mm -hmm. what does this world need more of like love joy, peace, but like all the fruits of the spirit, patient, patience. Oh my gosh. I think patience is a huge one. But when we, (laughs) when we do those things, when we give those things, and I think that's like bringing that into the world, I think is so emblematic of Jesus and what he would do. Yeah. And doing that with intentionality. Exactly. Yes. It's very important. Yeah. It's like, let's, I want to do that, but I'm not going to make a conscious effort to talk to anybody Mm -hmm. to to show them that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what's the point of this? What's really going on here? And it's like, there's so much just craziness and people who are angry or hurt or upset or um, don't know what to do with their life. And it's like what you said, fruit of the spirit, but make conscious efforts to bring that to people, mm-hmm. to build those relationships, to have the Zoom call, to meet somebody at a coffee shop, to get a drink and go sit in the car and talk because <laughs> we can't be anywhere right now. But like you, you get what I'm saying? It's like we have to make those conscious efforts to be like, okay, 
like let's do this i'm gonna do this and then who like mm-hmm. the first thing that i like to look at is who's my bubble like who's mm-hmm. who's in my inner circle who's in my sphere of influence right now mm-hmm. like for me it's like i have some friends i have my fiance my family that's like my inner circle right and then outside of that it's like people who are my friends but maybe i don't see all the time um what places do i frequent that's like i've started to build relationships there whether it be a a food joint or a coffee shop or whatever it is and then like outside of that uh who if you're attending a church it's like okay who do i serve with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who am i doing life with in that way and it's like you start looking at those things it's like how can i be more intentional both in the building up of people of faith and also um spreading those things love peace patience to people outside of the faith right so i think that's just a practical way to look at it to always start with who's in my sphere of influence Mm -hmm. and how can i be more christ-like towards them i don't know and not look at social media (laughs) from time to time (laughs) like i said i don't it's literally been probably like a month now where we talk about it and bring it up and mainly me and I'm like, I, I just sometimes I, I really don't know why I keep going back to you. It's kind of like I feel like it's a drug I'm hooked on right now. It is I'm, a drug. I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of over it. It does pop those dopamines, brother. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's like that dopamine, I think I feel like at least in my brain, it's not the dopamine that's like, oh, man, this is enjoyable. It's the dopamine where it's like, I got to have it. <laughs> like it's, it's a, it's a your, fix. Yeah, your neural pathways are completely just blown. Ooh. Like legit. Yeah. And I, you got to like. To you, when you get off of that, like luckily we have like neuroplasticity, so mm-hmm. we can like bounce back. Look at you in those it... bio terms. <laughs> I'm lost right now. It's <laughs> like pathways in our brain that it's like yeah. when yeah. we get those dopamines and those fixes like that, it just it's basically like shoving a freaking car through a doorway. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you just do that over and over till your neural pathways are like just completely shot. Like shot. And it's like <laughs> it takes time for them to like get back to where they should be yeah. at it, the dopamine levels are like at much higher levels that are natural mm-hmm. like oh eating a good piece of you know of, of a burger oh man that naturally increases because it's food but it's like we overload our dopamine all the time yeah. through the most little things yeah burger sounds good <laughs> no. that's what chuck got from that conversation <laughs> my new dopamine uh, you know fix has been coming from i just started playing call of duty again and i'm like <laughs> It feels good, man. <laughs> it feels good to tell, tell everyone to leave me alone and play some Xbox. Because <laughs> we're just saying, like, we need to help people and love people. Jerry's like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to, like, I think the one thing I, I feel like I, I do pretty well here uh, maybe to a fault is I keep it keep it real and I think I will, and, and the I, fakest dude I know <laughs> you've been looking in the mirror huh buddy I think I want it to, I want it to be that way because I want other people to realize too it's like if you do feel something similar to me it's kind of normal you can feel you're allowed to feel certain ways yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah and I think that's the hard part I think I struggle with the most about Christianity right now is that uh, straight up I don't like stepping out of my comfort zone and I don't like hanging out with other people like I like to see just my friends and then even then it's like I, I have that amount of energy to expend but it's when I don't have that rest thinking about spending time with anybody other than like just like myself and maybe my lady is like a completely exhausting because I don't have tons to give but that's where I'm kind of like working on this whole thing too 
where I need to make sure I'm actively resting. I'm yeah. actively seeking out getting filled up mm-hmm. because if I, I, I can't give out anything to others if I don't have that filled up mm-hmm. exactly. from the Lord himself. So I'm working with it, you know, <laughs> with y'all. I just wanted to keep it real, you know. Appreciate it. Always. You're wrong, but I pre- yeah. I'm just kidding. It's because you're a phony. <laughs> That's why tuning in and watching online services is so important. It's not. <laughs> you don't. You know what you could do? Hang out with somebody else. Hey, I hung yeah, out with you today. That's a good thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> why not both? Both. There, there go. we go. Me in the middle. That's always the best place to meet, dude. Yeah. Love it. Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this is a good conversation. Like it a was, really good one. Yeah, I appreciate I all of it. I think we talked about some real things, some real thoughts that go through our head, but also some practical ways to mm-hmm. maybe hop out of it and practical things in life. What did I just say? Prime uh, That's practical. because Jake's not here. That's why. Uh, huh? <laughs> that's when we have good conversations. <laughs> I love you, Jake. Uh, <laughs> I do. Right. He's great. He's amazing. And I He's appreciate great. him sometimes i'm just kidding uh but kaylee's thanks for being here thanks go tell someone you love them today mm, oh, come on that's beautiful chuck thanks for being here yes of course i don't have nothing inspirational to say <laughs> i know jerry what do you got dude if it's, it's if it's not anything i don't want to hear it i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding jerry thanks for being here drink really... some water oh that's and yeah, that's good go get oh, a soda good. And I'm Dylan. I love you guys. Tell somebody you love them. Drink some water. And please read your Bible. Be in that mm. thing. Meditate in that thing. Uh, everyone everywhere. Abchurch.com. Go to everyone everywhere. You can find out how you can make an impact in the community, in your community, Riverside mm. County, Corona, Norco, Hoopa Valley, uh, wherever you are. You can make a difference in your community, in both the foster youth and for Thanksgiving for the homeless population. So do those things. You'll feel great and it'll be something that's very impactful. But I love you guys. Subscribe. Smash that pound button. Pound? I don't know. Just like button. Like button. Leave a review. Do all those (laughs) things. Share this with your neighbors, with your grandma, with your friends, whoever it may be. But we love you guys and we will see you later.